At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Comeback Stories is a production of Inflection Network and iHeartRadio. I'm super excited for today's guest. She's a speaker, addiction recovery advocate, a writer, a holistic wellness coach. She is dedicated to empowering women, and I've been able to witness her journey throughout this whole process, and it's been it's been an honor to witness it. And I know you've recently celebrated or you have 16 years of continuous sobriety. And most importantly, I think is that after 16 years, you broke your silence around your recovery. So I'm excited and I'm excited to introduce to our Comeback Stories family, Hillary Phelps. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And um yeah, I've been following your journey as well. And, um, you know, you've been such a huge support. So I'm excited to have this conversation. We start probably like you've used to, you've been used to starting sharing your story about mm-hmm. growing up. Like what was growing up for you like? I mean, I say normal, right? Like in the sense of I had a really happy childhood. My parents were married. I had a brother and a sister. Um I was a straight A student. I was a swimmer. So I started swimming at the age of seven. I swam competitively through college where I had a college scholarship. Um, but it was pretty normal. You know, on the outside, I had all of the things that looked really good, meaning I was a straight A student. Um, you know, at 12 and at 11 and 12, I was the fastest swimmer in the country for my age group. Um, so I was a distant swimmer. I was at nationals. I was the youngest at nationals. So I had all of these things on the outside that looked really, really good. And I started, you know, as I got kind of into my teens, I started to feel not good. <laughs> you know, and I didn't understand it. But, um, you know, my parents are super supportive. Um, you know, we went to the beach every summer, you know, kind of that, I don't know, traditional American family that you would think of. And so I didn't have a lot of, um, you know, external trauma growing up. Um, it was pretty, it was a pretty happy childhood. Um, you know, but at the age of 
14, 13, 14, 15, I just started to feel like that, you know, and I know Donnie, we've talked about this, that not good enough thing. Like I just felt not good enough in any situation and space I was in. So I was never smart enough or pretty enough or funny enough in any room. And that started to become really heavy. And that really loud voice in my head that kind of overtook everything else, including all the great accomplishments that I've had or the external you know, positive influences. That was the one that became the loudest. And Coach Donnie coming in here to uh, uh, just make sure that you're not diminishing just how awesome of a swimmer you were. I know that you were at 13 years old, were the country's fastest swimmer. And you didn't mention that in like your little spiel. So I just wanted to bring that, bring that to the light. Cause that's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal for many reasons. One, you were the nation's fastest swimmer, but it still wasn't enough. So I, I know we're going to touch a bunch on that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think I talk a lot about how people with this not enough story um, achieve a lot. It is the not enough story that drives people to the top and to the idea or their definition or somebody's definition of success. Yeah, Darren's raising his hand for those that are listening. Yeah, we got a couple so, of those on this call. Yeah, this is, I know we're going to, I'm excited for the audience to listen to this conversation because I just know it's going to flow and and be natural because your story is so much similar to both of ours and especially Darren's. And I'll let Darren chime in a little bit about the, the, the commonality between the two of you and the not enough story. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, kind of like you said, of um, having all the things on the outside, but just feeling like not good that started happening very early for me um since i was a kid i mean i always knew i was good at sports and good in school and um stuff like that but it's just always something that's just like this is doing nothing um and the emptiness and the and the void um uh, kept growing no matter how much stuff you fed it how much stuff you tossed into it um even being like in the nfl and getting to the nfl and being like, man, this is it. Like, ain't nothing. There's got to be more to it than this. Like, this is what I was promised would make me feel happy and successful and, you know, important and yeah. feeling none of those things. And, um, it's just a rea- it's a reality. I feel like it's real for people in all walks of life. Not many people maybe want to talk about it. Um, but it is a, it's, it's a, it's a real thing. I mean, I, I, uh, I still feel it sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of like that pilot, you know, the more that you pour into it, like the more I did, you know, the more I tried to fit in or the more, um, you know, successful. Someone said, well, if you try and if you train harder and if you study more, you'll be faster and you'll get better grades. And I remember I still have this, a book report that's like A plus plus. And, you know, I was had national age group records. I had all the things and I was like, oh, so that's not good enough. Okay. Well, I'm going to try harder to be better. And it's like, you just you know keep pouring in a cup that has a hole in the bottom, right? It just is. It, it just no matter how fast you do it or how many things you do to try to be better, it just it's still it feels so empty. Yeah, I remember Donnie was sharing that story, Darren, about you, and I was like, what? And the way that we look at people, I'm like, wait, how? How? He's amazing, and he's this incredible football player, and he's got what? And it's like we all have that. Yeah, yep. you know, Donnie, you're right. Like we all have that feeling of not enoughness. Yeah, it's, this is why we're doing the podcast. You know, we've sat, yeah. we've had, your, we've had your brother Michael on, and yeah. you know, he, it, and it's the same thing. You know, and I think this is why we've started it, right? Because people might think when Darren's all armored up in his football gear and a helmet that he's immortal and doesn't have a heart and emotions <laughs> and struggles and 
like all of those things. And so when we have guests like yourself, like Darren, like Michael, we can bankrupt that story for that one person that might be sitting there right now listening and think that their problems are unique or that they, they're different. It's like, no, because I was telling myself the same thing at my rock bottom. And the truth was there were plenty of people that can relate exactly to what I was going through and they found a way out. But I was telling myself, doctor screwed me over. Everybody's out to get me, you know? And so this is the importance, the stories that we tell ourselves. Stories, right? I shared this recently. It's like feelings exist. Like those feelings are last in our body for 60 to 90 seconds. Like the actual feeling, the anger, the sadness, the love, the joy, whatever. And it's the story that we tell ourselves over and over again in our mind about that emotion that keeps us stuck in it. Mm, And it's, and it's, that's so true. Um, That's so true. We want to, I want to talk a ton about just where you're at now and the coaching that you're doing specifically to women. And the truth is like, you can be a coach and you can send a message to women, but I believe that same message, men can hear that same message. If we're talking about speaking our voice or losing our voice or having our emotion or feeling our emotions, like this is for everybody, but I really want to dive into some of the stuff that you do that maybe we can give our listeners some applicable tools going into the holidays because Darren and I have committed to kind of just stepping up and, you know, bringing guests on that can actually give tools and integrate some of, uh, of these tools into the challenges. We just passed Thanksgiving. I mean, it's, 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 it's portrayed as these holidays with like all these amazing things that happen, but it's so challenging for so many people, uh, including myself, you know, and, and so we want to arm our guests with tools. Okay, so the first, the best, the best advice I've ever given, or think, I love. Have you heard about you know Bob Proctor? Change your paradigm, change your life. It's one mm. of the best books I've ever read, and I've li- I've listened to it on Audible over ten times. Every once in a while, I'll pop it on, kind of like a twelve step meeting, and kind of because I get something different because I'm in a different space, so I hear it differently. But something that we've learned, right, is that paradigm of like you should be around family, you have to do this, like it doesn't matter their blood, and it's like if it's detrimental to your mental emotional well-being like we don't have to do anything you know but that's really hard and it's kind of like getting sober it's like doing that first thing for the first time and um you know something that i've been working with a lot of people on recently are those boundaries because for me because for me it was like it felt like if i say this is what i need and like keeping it to me like not you need to do this like you know i need to leave it this is a really eight o'clock. I need to leave at eight o'clock because that's my bedtime. And then people saying like, well, just stay another light. Like, just do this. Just do this. It's like, no, this is what I need for me. So I feel better. So I'm a better human. And they start giving pushback. And it's really hard the first time, you know, because it's like, I'm going to do what I need to do for me. And then you get to choose how you feel about those boundaries that I'm putting up for mm-hmm. myself. But that's hard because as someone that's a self-sacrificer, a people pleaser, all of those things that came along, that's why I drank, you know, to try to figure out how I can fit in. Um, But something that, you know, I've talked about a lot recently is that it wasn't, I was never wrong. Like our voices, like my voice is never wrong. Like my voice, my intuition. But for so long, I buried it in alcoholism, a toxic marriage. And what I found Mm -hmm. is I'm just in the wrong rooms. Right. And so what it took for me, and I use this analogy of like walking down a hallway and you see all these doors and you kind of walked out of the wrong room and you're on this long hallway and there are all these open doors and you're like, I don't know which one's for me. Right. Like, I don't know what door do I open? Which one's the right room? And the right room for me has always been that 
listening to your inner voice, listening to the guidance. And for so long, mm. I was told that voice was wrong, you know, and which is why I didn't share about my addiction and my recovery, because I was told it's shameful, it's embarrassing, people aren't going to like you. And so I kept it really quiet. Um, but I found that once I stepped into that space of just honoring that and saying, like, this is who I am. And if this person doesn't like me, then this is my person over here. But that's really hard, you know, and it takes that practice of like chipping away, right? Like one thing at a time and slowly doing that. Um, and so I think, I don't know, you know, like the tools for, for me when I first got sober um, was really important to like, and people say like, what do I do at the holidays? And it was like, I don't, do you guys do this too? Like I'd always have a drink in my hand and it was always sparkling water or diet Coke or something like that, where people were never asking me like, can I fill your drink up or can I get this or, you know, things like that. Um, and also what I realized is most people are thinking about themselves a lot of the time, you know, they're not thinking about me and they're not worried about me leaving or they're not worried about um, what I'm doing, but they are worried about how it's going to impact them, you know? And so what I had to realize was that I'm the only one, you know, I need to worry about me and my, my emotional well-being. And so if I'm in the wrong room, I just need to step out. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Those boundaries, I mean, I'm, I'm when, you, when you started talking about boundaries, I immediately, I just went to Darren because I feel like I have so much more, much more empathy and compassion towards his practice of setting boundaries. It's got to be so fucking confusing and like, you know, where you set the boundary and yeah. which family members. I mean, I can't even imagine like how much time, like an energy that must consume some people, especially when it is family or it's someone that we've known for 20 years and we feel obligated to like still give our, give that person our time or energy, but we have like nothing in common with that person anymore. So yeah, Darren, I don't know. I don't really have a question, but I just like, you know, I can't even imagine what that what that work looks like for you yeah no it's a lot and i'm just sitting here kind of thinking more towards the root and it's like um you know i've i've been somebody that is uh you know kind of like you hillary i've uh people pleaser um really struggle with self-esteem so much um 
we had a, a guest on the show um our, our guy neil uh he a uh, comedian and in one of his stand-ups he was talking about how um if somebody gave him a trophy and like he described his his body and uh was like a trophy case or like and he looks inside of himself and if somebody puts a trophy on that case and that shelving like he described it as it would just slide down because he didn't even have the framework or the inner world to be able to support and and hold up a comment so i look at boundaries and i'm like you have to be able to stand up for yourself but if i don't feel that great about myself how am i going to stand up for myself time in time again and stick to those things like i'm going to succumb and be like ah well you know, maybe I should do this. Like, kind of like you said, like the things that we've been taught and conditioned to do. And it's like, that's where it struggles. That's where it, it, get, it gets hard for me. Um, and it's still a constant practice of trying to figure that out because there's more and more intimate relationships being married, um, you know, trying to ma- maintain friendships amidst work and projects and things that I have going on. And it's like, sometimes you just get so overwhelmed, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that goes to like, you know, figuring out what it is that we like, like, what do I like? And what have I been told? Right. And that paradigm, you know, of like, I've been told that this is what you do. And, you know, you do this, and you do that, and you do that. And so the way I'm, way, you know, the way I'm raising my son, I have a six year old and he's like, well, when I get older, I'm going to get married and have a baby. And I said, is that what you want to do? Mm. And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, you're six. You don't have to decide that. And if you don't want that, that's okay. And he's like, but no, you, you have to have grandkids. I'm like, but I don't, mm. it's your life. Right. You know what I mean? But I, you know, I think like we've been taught a certain way, like this is what you do. But if you don't know, if I don't know what I like, then how can I stand up for myself? You know, and something I recently heard, which I love is in the self-sacrificing space is um, we can stop lighting ourselves on fire to keep others warm. Ooh. Ooh. Oops. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, when I heard that, I was like, yes oh my gosh yes like that's that doesn't have to be a thing anymore i don't have to set myself on fire to keep others warm right powerful yeah my what's your lesson oh yes i was just gonna build off of that because i hear that and i think of you know my past and dealing with you know relationships and just life it's like it's like i'm leaning into codependency or self-sabotage or like or maybe like a combination of two in the middle and it's like you know i need i need somebody else to feel good to to feel great in order for me to be okay but if this thing gets too good for the standards or what i tell myself i deserve i'm gonna blow this thing up like i'm gonna i'm gonna tear this thing to the ground and i'm just like i don't know And, and it's still there it's still there it still wants to eat at me it still wants to show up in the workplace it wants to show up in marriage it wants to show up in relationships and uh it's something i got to keep digging on you know i, I tell like the, the audience that that's listening uh i'm not hosting this show because i've reached this place where everything is figured out and mm-hmm. um i have no more problems i got plenty of issues that, that i'm still trying to work through while also kind of giving myself credit for the growth but um yeah dealing with it the, just the inner world is uh can be chaotic <laughs> All right. And I think that goes to like just giving people like, I love what you said, you know, that you don't have it all figured out and you're not perfect. And that goes to the grace of being able to give other people grace when they're going through something too and space, you know, but to your point, it's like, that's where I think for me, like the challenge comes in is when like, I've got my 
my stuff. Like I've got, you know what I mean? But I don't ever want to have somebody else carry my shit. Like I want to work on it myself before I can, you know, but I've, there's, there's, that's hard. That inner stuff is hard. And I, and I, and it's for competitive athletes too. I find that it's really challenging because right. You're taught to beat people harder, faster, stronger, whatever it takes. But then, you know, it's kind of like a, a split. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I I imagine like, there's got to be a lot of things going on in your world. If I try to put myself in your shoes, um, back in the day when you were this competitive swimmer, swimmer, also um, a woman, and I want to know, like, when you are a woman in that space, just a woman in general who wants to achieve and set high goals for herself. Like, when you were dealing with your issues, do you feel like you kind of had to stuff them away to like not show a sign of weakness, um, to show yourself as like a strong being? in this world, like, how do you go about dealing with that? Because as a man, I don't, I don't know, like I can listen, but I don't really know the struggles of a woman that's trying to set the bar high and achieve, um, yeah. Give the audience, I guess, a picture to that. Yeah. So, you know, I was, I mean, I think I was joyful and happy. And so I love the competition and I love being the best until, you know, it came to a place where I wasn't the best, meaning um, I was so good at all these things, a great swimmer, a great athlete. Um, I was really happy. And then for me, I think it, and this goes back to like what we're talking about, like self-confidence, right? For me, I think it went back to like, I had a little bit of depression, probably undiagnosed depression, which is incredibly common going through puberty, you know, all of the things that people do. Um, but I was told like, just to, you know, ignore it and it'll go away. You know, it's just a phase. It'll just go. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to push harder. Cause that's all I knew how to do was just work harder, push harder, you know, and it wasn't working. And so for me, my solution was like, okay, figure out like, right. Like figure out how to make this work with the limited knowledge that I have and the tools that I have. How do I, how do I be better? How do I, and so that's, you know, when I started finding drugs and alcohol and it was like, that would okay, well, this makes me feel better. I'm not doing any better. Like my swimming is tanking. My grades are starting to slip, but at least I'm really good at something now, Mm. you know, like I'm good at not being bad, but like I'm good at the opposite. And so that gave me a sense of accomplishment because I think at the end of the day, we just want to be loved, appreciated and seen like everybody. And so for me, you know, I wasn't getting the accolades from swimming. So I surrounded myself with people that were looking to numb out and escape like I was, um, you know, and that's when we start changing like people, places and things like everything started shifting and changing. And, you know, when I got sober, I had to do the same thing. I recently got a a note today from someone and she was like, I struggle with relapse. Like, what do you do? Like, I can't, I I just keep going back into treatment. I keep trying to get sober and I keep, how do you do that? I was like, you know what? I had to change people's places and things. I did not go to the parties, you know, not go to the bar, get a whole new set of friends. Um, And I think that's hard. And I also think, you know, like you were asking about what it's like as a woman in sports or women in competitive. I think it's also hard for, in, in my opinion, you know, there's this just read this. I don't know if you guys have heard women that run with the wolves. Have you heard of this book? I have not. So it talks about the wild woman archetype, right? Because most women like going to that paradigm, we're told like you shouldn't sweat. Um, Keep your feet on the floor. You don't curse, right? Like you have children and that's your job. And that's kind of like Mm -hmm. what we're told to do. And it's like, 
but what about the woman that doesn't want to shave her armpits and just be sweaty? So there's something wrong with her. And it's like, no, she's okay too. And so I love this idea of, um, and it goes back to competitive sports, like that wild woman archetype, like just being, being able to be competitive, but then also being feminine and, you know, being able to, I don't know, spit or, but then also being able to like put makeup on, like it's all okay. You know? And I think that, it's just I think a big struggle is just allowing people not to be who they are Mm. you know and accepting them and that goes back to being in the room like if I don't like them I don't have to be around them but I can give them the space to just be themselves and that's okay and I can just back out you know Mm. it's tough so that's a lot of wisdom right there, Donnie. I know we (laughs) I know we lost you for a second but I I asked Hillary you know what it was like being um, a woman as you know, a competitor as somebody that was trying to set the bar high and set standards for herself. And if it was tough for her to navigate that space of trying to be successful, but also like, you know, do I have to stuff my feelings and my emotions away in order to keep going and put off this strong image, just trying to gain a little bit of a perspective for her and women in their own walks. So, uh, and I, I thought she, I thought she handled it. Amazing. <laughs> I, I got a question. For, oh, I got a question for you. I want to know, and maybe people would be curious of like what it, what it was like and what it is like to be Michael Phelps, the greatest Olympian of all time sister. Like, tell me the good. And then maybe the challenges of that as you uh, rode that wave as a family. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's so funny because I know I'll say this and I've said this every time, like the medals are great, right? Like his accolades and the awards and the accomplishments are unlike anything we've ever seen. And I don't think I'll see in my lifetime again. Like it's un, it's phenomenal. Um, but the thing I'm most proud of him for is just stepping out and talking about his mental health and being an advocate mm-hmm. for mental health, hands down. Because as we all know on this channel and this conversation, it is so hard to be vulnerable. And for someone, Darren, you know too, like to have all of those things and to say like, you know what? You all think I'm perfect, <laughs> but this is what's going on in the inside, right? Because sometimes you know, one of the reasons I got sober was because I literally felt like I was burning alive on the inside, right? And so trying to keep all that stuff in is just painful. And at some point you either let it out or you just continue, you know, just to, to suffer. Um, and so hands down, like, and I think everybody in our family and all of us, you know, friends would say the same thing. Um, you know, the challenge came, I think after the only, the, you know, the only challenge was kind of after 08 when nobody knew what to expect, <laughs> you know, cause it was, he'd been this great athlete and, and, um, in the swimming world really knew him, but in 08, when it was eight gold medals, it kind of launched him into the international scene. I mean, he'd been in the international swimming scene, but catapulted him into this athletic um, stratosphere that so few, you know, few people are in and overnight he became recognizable. And in that moment, um, you know, things just kind of changed. And the thing, you know, it's a small things like going out to dinner became impossible because you know, Darren, I'm sure you get like people come up to you. Right. And the funny thing, like, I hate to bother you, but right. <laughs> you're like, like, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, you got um, the awareness so, down. Your awareness is down. You know, you're bothering <laughs> me, but you're doing it anyway. So, <laughs> but you're going to do it anyway. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, and when some of the, you know, the public challenges were really hard because it's hard not to fight for people you love. And so when people are saying really negative and hurtful and mean things about somebody that you love so deeply as a sibling, it brings out the worst in me and my family, you know, cause you just want to protect them. Ooh, and so I get um, it. that was really hard. Um, 
because you want to fight their battles. Right. Yeah, know? I relate. I want to fight Darren's all the time. Sometimes on Instagram, but like, you know, it's like it, it, it's it's a it's that knee jerk, you know. And this is why I'm so grateful for the gifts of just mindfulness and all this work that we do that we can actually have space to make better decisions and not react from a place of fear or <laughs> ego because someone's talking shit about my friend, like somebody behind a keyboard that never played football or quit, you know, their senior year. So they're now living vicariously through everybody else. But I want to go back and talk about what you're so proud, what you were most proud of Michael. Cause I said the exact same thing at, on our podcast when we interviewed him, like mm-hmm. the medals are great. Like that's all awesome. But what you're doing now and, and sharing this message and, you know, that moment when we interviewed Michael, that was the first in-person interview that Darren and I ever did. So we just did it oh, virtually. Really? We st- Yeah, we started it during COVID and Darren's uh, first game was uh, that season was against the Ravens and they were coming in for Monday night and Michael's a, a Ravens yeah. fan. So we, we were able to line it up and we didn't even have a podcast studio and we used the podcast studio from Blue Wire, our old producer, uh, and we didn't, we had never done an in-person interview and here we're in the wind casino, people are watching outside and it was such a surreal moment, but the, the best part about it was the rawness, the vulnerability, yep. Michael's wife sitting in the studio crying as right. we're having this interview. And most importantly, I think Michael's talking about his still current life struggles that he has and just how bad it got for him over COVID. So yes, I'm, I, I'm the same way, but I'm, I'm most proud of, and it's same thing for you, like speaking up after 16 years, something you said that I've heard in your story, how you thought you were going to be no fun when you stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. And I used yeah. to say the same thing. Like I thought my life was over oh, yeah. when I had to stop partying, but the truth is it was really getting started. hundred percent. But I had no evidence to prove that. Right. right. And so that's the fear part too. It's like stepping out into the space of the unknown and saying, but this is fun. And it's like, is it? It's all I knew for fun. Like blacking mm. out's not fun. Not knowing what happened the night before. Like really, it's not fun. But um, I had somebody tell me when I stopped drinking, she's like, well, you're no fun anymore. And for someone that's like two months sober, because that's all I wanted to be. I wanted to be anybody other than who I was, you know, because I'm, I'm not funny. I mean, I can kind of be sarcastic, but I'm not exceptionally like my sister and my brother are funny. Like, I'm, and they're also way cooler. Like, I think I look at them and I'm like, they're just cool. Like I'm, I'm not, I, I don't think I am. You know what I mean? And so like, I wanted to be that, or I wanted to be um, super funny, or I wanted to be able to recite everything I read in a book. I wanted to be all these things. And it was like, I'm not any of those and that's okay. But being fun was the hard one. I think the, the, the key to what you said, like, that's okay at the end of it, right? Cause some of that can show up as not enough, especially if our siblings are all of these things that we're not, you know, and then our level of whatever, our standard were, of success we're measuring against theirs. You know, I have a brother that was extremely successful in sports, more successful than 98%, but maybe not as successful as me. So then it was always kind of looked at, I think sometimes as well, you know, not as successful as you. So once again, there's the not enough story. Well, I joke about my family too. (laughs) Like I was, you know, full scholarship division one collegiate swimmer. It's pretty good. My sister was third in the world at 14. Really good. My brother's the greatest swimmer of all time. So I'm the least successful in my family, right? So to your point, like measuring that by anybody else, it would be like, that's really, you're great. I'm like, have you seen them? Like, they're really good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's also that measuring our insides to other people's outsides, you know? So I look at Darren, 
doing these great things on the football field and having all this great success. And Donnie, you leading these epic retreats. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're living the life, you know, where meanwhile, you have the same feelings on the, the inside right. as I do, but I'm just looking at the external things and seeing what you're presenting as, as your internal truth too. And I think that's where it's really hard. Yeah. Like that comparison. Yeah. I mean, I could draw a parallel from, you know, our inner world to you talking about, um, sobriety is going to be no fun to even to, um, your brother and his mental health journey. It's like, um, we have to give people permission to like go along their journey and give themselves time to believe this new truth, like that, you know, speaking on mental health can be stronger than any amount of championships, won, medals, won. like I got to give myself time to grow into the truth that my life is going to get better from the point that I stopped drinking. Mm -hmm. Like I have to give myself time to grow into thinking that what's on the inside matters. And I don't have to compare that to anybody else. And it's just like, I want to let the people know, like your journey can take time. This It doesn't have to change overnight. It doesn't have to be fixed all at once. Like it's an ongoing process and just give yourself a little bit more time. Like just <laughs> hang on like for today, even if, even if that's all that it takes. So Donnie, you sent me this great podcast, the Mark Grove, Sarah Baldwin podcast, and it mm -hmm. talks about healing your nervous system. So where I am in 10 years, I'm not prepared for the successes or the happiness or the joys that I'll have in 10 years because I haven't healed my current nervous system to be able to hold that. When I heard that, I was like, oh, wait, that makes so, like, that makes so much sense. These little <laughs> things, you know, like, um, so I just have to keep doing today the best I can do today and compete, you know, repeat that tomorrow. And in 10 years, I'll be ready for whatever it is the universe has for me and that presents itself to me. And I'm like, that makes sense. But it's those yeah. little nuggets of things that you hear, you know, and when I got sober, someone said that it's like your elevator is going down. You can get off at any time. I'm like, oh, I have the choice. Huh. You know, it's yeah. I love those little like wisdom sound bites. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Well, we get them. We get them all the time, especially when we're having conversations like this. I don't know about you two, but I just always believe that God or spirit or whatever you choose to call it speaks through the mouths of people. For me, that's where I hear it because I can still struggle to decipher 
if I'm sitting quietly, is that my head or is that God talking or where, you know, what's the difference, but where Mm -hmm. I do hear it. And especially when I start to hear the same shit over and over again, it's like, there's a reason why you're, why you're, why you're seeing that and why you're hearing that. And even like, cause you know, life is a mirror. I would always, you know, have this thing with my coaching clients. If there was something that was repeatedly happening to them, I would say, well, where are you doing that? Because that's usually, I mean, we're the common denominator. And if you believe in karma, what you put out comes back to you. So if something keeps happening to you, there's somewhere in your life, you're doing that same thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, this is why we, especially this time of the year, as we get into the new year, it's time to like, take a real hard, deep, honest look within yourself so that you can see what, like, what's stopping you. Like, that's the big thing I'm talking about, like leading up to the new year is like, okay, what's one thing you need to stop? Just one thing. What is that one thing that is in the way that is uh, stopping you and getting in the way of, you know, and just simplify that. And then what do we need to do? And what, What would your life look like if you were able to let that go? You know? Yeah. And I think to your point about, you know, like, what am I doing? Like, why is this pattern continuing? Sometimes it's not that we're, I found that it's not that like we're doing anything, but we're allowing it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I am putting out negative or whatever it is, but I'm allowing other people to speak to me in a certain way or like, you know, and I had to have this conversation with someone that's going to be in my life for the next 12 years. And uh, I had to have this conversation and I said, at least, and I'm like, you can't talk to me like this anymore. If you do, I'm going to hang up the phone or I'm going to walk away. This is my boundary. And if you, and it took a couple times for me to be like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not, maybe I'm, you know, someone's not doing it, but it's the allowing and it's that continuous pattern of allowing someone else to disrespect or be angry or whatever Mm. it is. And that's hard too, because if that's what we're used to or our patterning or what we've been taught it's really hard to break that yeah on that topic of um you had talked about you're getting your nervous system ready which is a you mean download mark Rose podcast listen to all of his episodes he's been on our <laughs> podcast and he's a friend of uh, of ours and just amazing but yeah she was talking about how we need to train our our parents and our teachers to train them to train their nervous systems and get them ready but there's that aspect of it and then there's this whole idea of like the the upper limit and training our upper limit, right? So our upper limit is what we think we're worthy of receiving. So when all the abundance Mm -hmm. and all the good comes into our lives, we have this upper limit. And once we surpass that upper limit, if we don't believe we're worthy of it, we will do something or do nothing. You talked about actions, but sometimes it's also the inaction, the procrastination. I mean, that's the word I think about me when I think about procrastination. And so this is the work, you know, and, and this is like for anybody listening, if you're just listening and not watching, when I said procrastination, they both like, you know, made a face (laughs) like me too. So, you know, if you're there too, like, and you're beating yourself up for doing it, like pretty normal these days, especially in a world that like, we've just been really, really distracted. And that's why we have to have these practices. Well, Darren, that goes back to what you were saying about smashing it. You know, we were talking about this, Donnie, when we lost you for a second. He was talking about like the good starts to happen. Then you kind of self-sabotage. It's like, nope, nope, I'm not ready. I'm not going to smash this with a hammer. Oh, blow shit up. You know? Yeah. Or like, yeah, my mom, my mom used to say that when I would start to get sober and do things well, 
and things would start coming into my life. She's like, it's almost like you're doing it on purpose. And it was because I did not believe in myself because of the way I was acting and the way I was living. So my self-worth was shot so that if any good came in, it's like, oh, no, no, I'm not worthy of this. And, you know, I'll, I'll never forget. I sat with a fellow friend, uh, uh, a medicine leader, one of our friends, Don Bergeron, who when I went through a medicine journey and, you know, we got to the point where we were just talking about the relationship I was in and this attachment that I had to it. And I just, you know, I, in the journey, there was this energy of attachment. And he at the end said, do you believe that you are worthy of love? And I said, yes. And he said, do you believe that you are love? And I said, yes. And he said, well, okay, then if it's not her, it's going to be something better because you're worthy of it. Now, if you believe that and wow, like that moment when he said that it broke an attachment that I had to her, which allowed me to actually be more connected to her now and trust that like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen a year from now. Like we don't know anything. And so yeah, I think it just comes back to that whole idea of self, self-love. And, you know, Hillary, I think we need to probably bring you back for round two because we've just like scratched the surface. Um, and I know both of you are limited on time. But um, yeah, I think we could go in round two and just share a little bit more about your journey. And also, I want to be able to give the audience just more tools and practical tools and, you know, pull the coach out of you to uh, teach us some stuff and our listeners. Yeah, you want some more? Um, drop. Let's do this. Let's give us some nuggets. Like, just give us something to kind of land on, and then we'll just we'll try to bring you back like next next week, so we can go back to back. But I would say some nuggets to give people some positive momentum going into the end of the year. I think the easiest thing, and that I used to roll my eyes at, is gratitude list hands down. And it's like, oh my God. And, but every single night before my son goes to bed, we'll lay in, I lay in bed with him and I say, what are the three things you're grateful for? Like just list, you know, and sometimes he's like hot wheels, you know, whatever. <laughs> Amazing. Like things, right. You know, cause he's six. Um, but for me, the days that I'm feeling shitty, like just, so our friend Don, you know, I was talking to him like, he's like, how are you? I'm like, it, you know, right, right now it's gray it's really gray, a little dark. Like it's just tough right now. And he's like, be grateful for the darkness so you can really appreciate the joys when they come. Not be great. You know? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're right. That changed like that. It's like, because without the lows, you can't appreciate the highs. So the gratitude list for me is exceptionally powerful. Um, and not just writing it like what, but feeling it like closing my eyes and saying, okay, what, what am I grateful for? And some days it's a shower or, you know, my phone so I can text a friend. Sometimes it's really not, you know, it's really basic. Um, something else that has been incredibly helpful to me is when I'm feeling discontent and agitated as I just sit in this chair with my feet on the floor. And sometimes I'll just hug myself and I close my eyes and I'll say over and over and over and over and over. What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? What? Cause my head's going to tell me one thing. I need to work out. I need to move my body. I need to call. I need to do this. But my heart, I just might, I've burst into tears before. And I, that's all I need is that release. I just need to cry or I need to take a bath. And sometimes it's 11 o'clock in the morning and I'm like, who says you can't take a bath at 11 o'clock? You know, but we're told like, oh, it's not nighttime. I can't do it. So I fill it up with magnesium salts and all kinds. And I just get in and I get out and I'm like, okay, I feel better. 
you know, but it tells me, but I find that my intuition and my heart will tell me what I need versus my head, like what I should do or what I need to do or what's on my list for today. Like when I'm just feeling really discontent. Um, and I think one more thing is community. And I've talked about this a lot and I'm sure you guys feel the same and said it a million times, but surrounding yourself with people who really have your back, you know, like I have a group of five girlfriends that I call my board of directors and they're all different. One is like a reverend and she smokes cigarettes. She's sober and she's British and she's hilarious. And I will call her if I want to just, you know, complain and vent and get really funny. My other friend's super spiritual and she's, you know, if I'm like, I just need to. So I have this like group of women that I can go to at any time, you know? And so I think those are my three off the top of the head tips that have been really important that I could call at midnight if I had to, and they'd pick up the phone, you know, but I didn't have that in sobriety. I didn't have that. I mean, when I was drinking, everyone would have been passed out. Right. Or not picked up the phone. Right. Yeah. I think it's so important to, for people just to have fundamentals like those things um, that you just mm-hmm. listed. Cause um, you know, maybe looking for that shift in your life or turning it around can seem daunting. It can seem like it's like, oh man, like I really got to flip this thing on his head real quick when it's like, all you got to do is start applying these little changes and allow those small victories to stack up. And you look up one day and it's a huge victory. Your life changed and um, great things are happening, things you never imagined. And you don't feel like you have to blow it up, you know, like. Exactly. Like if I'm in (laughs) self-sabotage mode, I will blow shit up, Right. right? I will be like. I'm going to send this email or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do what I'm going to, I'm going to show them or I'm going to whatever versus like, I'm responsible for my actions. And we, as we like in the, you know, the program, it's like, there's sometimes I don't do things because I don't want to make an amends. Mm. However that sounds, which is good because I'm not doing something that's harmful. But then I, you know, I know if I do, like, I'm going to have to go back and say, I'm sorry. And there are times when I've said, I'm like, I'm really sorry for the way I, spoke to you yesterday right i'm like fighting but that's how we live our life because that's what we do when we get sober is you know what i've chosen to do when i got sober I guess I exactly but um yeah i mean we appreciate yeah. you joining us today thank um, you you know i know you could be a lot of places doing a lot of things and for you to share your time and your energy yeah. with us uh we're grateful for that i feel like everybody that's listening can definitely take something that's going to make their day better and uh yeah i just want to thank you for coming on thank and you. uh we appreciate you we hope to see you again soon like like donnie said thank you for having me this has been great all right thank you guys see y'all next week comeback stories is a production of inflection network and iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.